Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Motter, the host of Diva Strategies for Success, where each Monday night I bring you a dynamic guest and some great information. Tonight we have a fabulous guest. Her name is Jan Karpman. And Jan and Myron Grant wrote the book, Directional Sense, How to Find Your Way Around. Uh, she's let me tell you a little bit about her. Jan Carpman has been thinking about wayfinding ever since she became lost on a Jersey Shore boardwalk as a wondering three-year-old. Many years later, while directing a unique applied research project at the University of Michigan Medical Center, she found that disorientation accounted for a significant amount of stress experienced by hospital patients and visitors. Jan and her partner, Myron Grant, founded the consulting firm Carpman Grant Associates, to focus solely on improving wayfinding ease for everyone, visitors and staff alike, in complex, confusing facilities. Over the past 25-plus years, CGA has completed hundreds of projects, ranging from the design of interior and exterior signs, handheld maps, and you are here maps, to wayfinding planning for whole new complexes. The firm has worked with clients in more than 70 institutions and organizations responsible for medical, educational, cultural, and office facilities. CGA is known for customer involvement in research and design and is proud to have involved some 8,000 people to date. While Jan and Marin usually work with design professionals, facility managers, and administrators to make disorienting places easier to navigate, they also put wayfinding information directly in the hands of users. Their new book, Directional Sense, How to Find Your Way Around, was, was inspired by their many directionally challenged friends. Jan holds a Ph.D. in Architecture and Soci- Sociology, University of Mis- Michigan, a Master of City Planning, Harvard University, and a B.A. in Soci- Sociology, the University of Rochester, and is a skilled speaker, writer, and coach. She and Myron are award-winning authors of Design That Cares, Planning Health Facilities for Patients and Visitors. Their work has been cited in articles written by the Associated Press, U.S. News and World Report, Architectural Record, Progressive Architecture, Interiors, Hospitals, Health Facility Management, and Reader's Digest. While Jan has developed great directional sense, she, like everyone else, becomes lost now and then. Welcome, Jan. I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you, Robbie. I'm delighted to be with you. I love your cover. It's so cute because we all get lost, right? We do. Everybody gets lost. Even, uh, why, even did you write, why did you write the book? It's a cute book. Well, we wrote the book in order to, um, as, as you described before, to, to put information directly in the hands of the people who need it. And those are all of us who do our best to find our way around every day, but some of us have trouble doing that. And one of the things that we discovered was that um, there are people who have a lot of trouble doing this. They call themselves directionally challenged or chronically turned around, or they, they make jokes and other people make jokes about them. But it's, it's a serious business, and for people um, who have difficulty, they feel disoriented, they feel discombobulated, uh, it's important to understand what this wayfinding business is all about and what they can do to get better at it. That's true. 
Does does everyone anyone still get lost, and doesn't GPX fix that? Well, people, yes, they still get lost. Everybody gets lost now and then. Some people get lost all the time. Uh, GPS has certainly made life easier for a lot of people, especially directionally challenged people. But as anybody knows who uses GPS, it's not perfect, and it can lead you astray. These days there are also um, apps for tablets and smartphones, and those have made it easier to navigate inside. But again, none of this is perfect, and it's important to know the basic wayfinding skills so that you can do it if something is wrong with the app or the GPS or you just feel like finding your way around on your own and you don't want to be looking down at a screen. You want to actually be looking around at the environment you're in and trying to navigate it. I've even known that sometimes MapQuest will leave off a street and then you're lost. That That's has happened right. to me many times. Yes, it's right, and and it's a real problem. Let me let me tell you a quick story about that. Um, there was a, a woman who we talked to named Catherine who loved her GPS, and she was directionally challenged and, and relied on it a lot. And she and her children were going on a car trip from their hotel outside Philadelphia to her aunt's home in New Jersey. And her son had programmed the GPS. Off they went. It was a dark and stormy night, not the best. Uh, driving conditions, but they were confident that the GPS would get them there. As they approached a bridge, they noticed a sign that said the bridge was closed. So they turned around and tried another route, confident that the GPS would recalculate and get them uh, on their way. But in fact, the GPS led them to the same closed bridge. They tried this three or four times in the dark, in the rain, all to no avail, and they were totally frustrated and late. So the GPS failed them. So how could they escape from GPS purgatory? Uh, Well, Catherine needed to understand the big picture of where she was in relation to where she was going so she could compensate for the non-working GPS. And this is what she learned from reading directional sense. Even though she usually felt intimidated by maps, she decided that the best thing to do was to drive back to the hotel where she knew somebody could help her. She asked the desk clerk for a map and begged him to also highlight her route with a marker so she could actually see. And she and her kids looked at the map and saw there was another bridge they could take across the river. Uh, and so this time they were late, but they made it. Uh, and, and she was happy to actually get to her aunt's house. Yeah, so I'm what sure. Did, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, finish what you were saying. Okay, so what she did to what did she do to overcome GPS failure? First, she stopped thinking of maps as unhelpful, and she stopped thinking of herself as a map reading idiot, which is what she had thought before. Next, she asked for help from somebody who knew the route and could show it to her, and then she recognized that there was another route that she could take, and she also took along the paper map just in case. So the other thing she did that was terrific was she modeled some practical, good directional sense behavior for her children so that they could see what she was doing. That is good. Why is being lost a bad thing? Well, being lost, as as I'm sure you know and anybody who's been lost knows, first of all, it feels really awful. You feel stressed. You feel frustrated. It takes extra time. It takes extra energy. Uh, sometimes it even takes extra money. So in the story I just told, Catherine took, used up extra gas to go
go all the way to the bridge and all the way back and try again and go back to the hotel. So she was she was using up extra time, extra energy. Um, it diminishes self-esteem. For people who are directionally challenged, they think less of themselves. They think, oh, God, I'm stupid. I can't do this. This is terrible. Um, it also tends to limit experiences and territory. When you're directionally challenged and you think you can't find your way, you tend to limit yourself only to the places and the areas you already know. And you don't tend to go out and explore, experience a new place, find someplace new, because of this prospect is too scary. And finally, it can jeopardize safety. If, you, if you're lost and you can't get out of a place, you can be in big trouble. Right, that's true. Do some people get lost more than others? Yes, indeed. Uh, directionally challenged people experience the world quite quite differently from others who can navigate. When they experience confusing layouts, inconsistent signs, these are more than minor annoyances that they are to people with a good sense of direction. Uh, these are a major source of anxiety. And disorientation affects the lives of, of directionally challenged people in numerous ways, including how they think of themselves, how they make choices about venturing into unfamiliar territory. Uh, it's, it's also uh, something that diminishes your independence, and I think both for, for women uh, and for older people, those issues of independence are very important, and having the ability to know how to navigate, to know how to get around on your own uh, is a big part of that. What does knowing your way around really mean? Well, knowing your way around, or another jargony word that you may have heard of, is wayfinding. And here's what that means. The first thing is knowing where you are. Then then you want to know your destination, including the name of your destination and what it means and what kind of place it is. Are you looking for a home? Are you looking for an office building? Are you looking for a park? So to give you a sense of, of what is your destination. Then you want to follow a good route to your destination. Uh, it doesn't have to be the fastest route. It doesn't have to be the most beautiful route, but just a route that will get you from point A, your starting point, to point B, your destination. Then you want to be able to recognize your destination when you get there, and sometimes this is easier said than done. If you think about um, an institution uh, like a hospital uh, or a university building that has lots of different rooms and departments, but they all kind of look alike. So it's hard to recognize the destination, but that's an important part of finding your way around. And the fourth thing is after you've done that, after you've known where you are, you know your destination, you follow a good route, you recognize it when you get there, the last very important piece of this is reversing the process and finding your way back. So when you can do all that, we say that you know how to find your way around. Well, wow, that's good. Boy, I fit this next question because I know many times I've traveled and come back and I cannot find my car. So do a lot of people have t- trouble finding their cars? Yes, they most certainly do. It happens all the time. And here are a couple of reasons why. If you park in a lot, in a big parking lot, they tend to be, they look all the same. They look, they're big. There are not necessarily any 
places within them, any landmarks within them that help you figure out where your car is. Sometimes if you look up on the, um, on the light poles, you'll see some kind of indicator of a section where you are. But it's still a really hard problem for a lot of people. And by the same token, parking garages are also difficult for people to navigate. They're circuitous, they're confusing, uh, it, can be, it can be really hard to tell, you, to tell where you are. Can, do you have time for me to tell a story about parking garages? Sure, sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, this was a story of someone named Juliana. Juliana lives in Washington, D.C. She needed to pick up her sister, Jill, at the less familiar Baltimore International Airport. So she did all the very human things we all do. She ran late. She misjudged the rush hour traffic. She was totally frazzled by the time she arrived, even though her GPS led her correctly. So Juliana is directionally challenged, and she was very proud to have found the airport parking garage. She parked her car, ran to the shuttle bus, got to the airport. Her sister was annoyed, who's been waiting for quite a while, but that's the way sisters are sometimes. So they made their way back on the shuttle bus, back to the garage. Juliana led the way to the car. But what was missing? The car. It wasn't where she thought she'd left it. Jill rolled her eyes at Juliana and her directional challenges, thinking, oh, there she goes again. And after walking in circles for what seemed like hours, they threw themselves on the mercy of the garage attendant who drove them around and around and around, but they still couldn't find the car. So what was missing beside the car? Juliana needed to take time to note not only where her car was, but, listen to it, here comes the big one, which garage or parking area she was in. She'd gotten a copy of Directional Sense as a gift, and it taught her to pay attention to and even write down which garage or parking lot, as well as the section, the floor, and the space where she left her car. So where was the car? Juliana was completely frustrated and furious at herself, and finally the light bulb came on, something she'd learned from Directional Sense. Maybe there's more than one garage here? She asked, so she asked that of the attendant. Oh, yeah, he said. There are two, an hourly garage and a daily garage. Your car must be in the other one, which, of course, it was. So now Juliana writes down the name of the garage or lot or takes photos with her phone, which is another good tip. Oh, that's before a great she idea. Her car. Yeah. This happened about um, five months ago, and she's good at finding her car now, but her sister's still not talking to her. You know, sometimes, too, if you ever notice, it depends on what door you come out of. Like sometimes at shopping centers, you forget which door you went in and you come out another one, and there's, you know, parking lots all around, and so then you have a really challenge. Yes, indeed, and I think that is that is a big issue. So there are a couple of things that you can do about that. One is to, to slow down and take a look around and see, are there any landmarks around here? Is there anything particular that I can remember Another thing is to turn around and look back at the door because this is the way that it's going to look when you come back. Another thing is to you know, take a picture with your cell phone if you have time to do that. Um, so all those things can, can help just to, just to know that there are multiple doors, multiple ways to get in the garage, and to realize that this is the one that you've come in and that you're going to need to remember on the way back is important. Often what happens, like like Juliana, people rush in, they park in a hurry, they run out, and, and they don't take time to really uh, take note of, of where they are, and that can, that can cause problems. Wow. What's the difference between a sense of direction and a directional sense? 
Well, this is this is really the heart of um, one of the major ideas in the book. Sense of direction is something that people who don't have it in particular think of as a gift that some people have and other people don't, that it is effortless, that if you have it, you automatically know how to read maps, how to follow signs, um, and that if you're directionally challenged, there's no way you're ever going to be able to learn these things. So it's just like there, there are two groups, those with, with a sense of direction and those without. But directional sense is the idea that skills, attitudes, and behaviors can be learned. And in fact, people with, quote, a good sense of direction have learned those skills, like reading maps and following signs and recognizing landmarks, but it's come easily to them. It's relatively um, effortless, sometimes even fun, uh, so it's not a big deal. But for people who are directionally challenged, it takes effort, it takes some work to to learn these skills, but that's what's so important to do, is to, is to take the time and make the effort to learn them, and that's what our book is all about, is, is explaining what these skills are and how to learn them so that even if you're directionally challenged, you can learn to find your way around. Is there hope for the chronically turned-around person? Oh, absolutely. With with effort and with practice, they can change their attitude about wayfinding, and they can learn key wayfinding skills. And um, some of the uh, people who have, have read and worked through the book have, have told us little anecdotes about that and have been so proud to do it. So here's what one person said. Just this weekend I was in a place called Wyoming, Ohio. I used Google Maps, a hand-drawn map, and a GPS to walk to the post office, and I did it by myself, and I got back. You know, so, there, so yes, there, there are definitely little triumphs that can happen, and I think they become self-fulfilling prophecies in, the, in a good way, which is once you see that you can do a piece of it, you, you take a step, you try something new, and it works, then you're inspired to try the next thing and to work to, to put the skills together, and that's what will help you. What skills do I need in order to find my way around? Well, there's six skills that we, that we talk about that make it easier for people to, um, to navigate. The first one is called, we call deciphering wayfinding words and numbers. This means understanding what people are telling you when they give you directions, uh, what signs are telling you when they're, when they're telling you um, where to go, uh, what the GPS is telling you, what Google Maps is telling you. So all of these different ways of communicating use words and they use numbers. So it's important if, if you find any of that confusing, or even if you're, you know, your next-door neighbor gives you directions and says, oh, yeah, it's just down the road a piece, or you can't miss it, it's kitty corner from the drugstore. There are words that people use for distance, for direction, for the names of places, for the names of streets. And if you don't understand them, if any of those are mysterious to you, it's important to do a little bit of homework to understand and or to ask questions of the people, of the person using it, if someone is giving you directions that you don't understand. With regard to numbers, numbers are involved in wayfinding with regard to floor numbers, street addresses, route numbers, um, all of these things involve numbers. And there is some kind of logic involved in numbering systems, but it's not always obvious and it's not always what you think it is. 
So that's something else that's important. So that's the first skill, deciphering, wayfinding words and numbers. The second skill is comprehending spatial layouts. That's understanding how one thing in space is related to another thing in space. So where is your front door in relation to your kitchen? Where is the entrance of a hospital in relation to the gift shop? Uh, Where is your city or town in relation to the next city or town over? So these are all spatial relationships at different scales. Some are small, like your house. Some are medium, like a building. And some are big, like, like cities. And understanding that and how places are related is the, is the second skill. The third involves reading maps, which is really important and really helpful, and it can be fun because there are lots of things that you can discover from reading maps uh, that you wouldn't otherwise know. The fourth skill is following signs. And this is probably the one thing that people think of the most when they think about finding their way around is, okay, well, I'll just follow the signs. Well. Sometimes signs are, are really helpful and get you from where you're starting to your destination and back, but sometimes they don't work so well. So when we, when we talk about this skill, we talk about what the things are that you can do to follow signs, and also with all of these skills, we talk about the shortcomings so that you can understand if a sign lets you down in some way, uh, what that's about and what you can do to compensate. So deciphering words and numbers, comprehending spatial layouts, reading maps, following signs. The fifth skill is recognizing landmarks. And landmarks can be um, famous landmarks like the ones we all know, um, the Eiffel Tower, the Washington Monument, the Empire State Building. They can be local landmarks, which would be something in your own community that everybody would know, an historical site, a hospital, a shopping center, Or they can be personal landmarks, which would be things that are meaningful to you because of something that occurred there, like the playground where you broke your arm when you were a kid. That would be a personal landmark. Somebody else could pass it and say, yeah, that's a playground. But to you, it has meaning because something happened there. Another kind of personal landmark that's that's important is when you're going someplace, you might notice a unique-looking um, mailbox or a fountain or an art piece of art or something that makes you um, take note. And what's useful about that is that when you're coming back, you should see that same landmark. And if you don't see it, then you're probably not on the right track. So there are a lot of things about landmarks that are important and they're very useful, especially for people who are directionally challenged. So that's something that's really um, an important skill. And the last skill is asking directions. And there's a lot to asking directions, including what you ask, who you ask, when you ask, and and the details of um, what you're asking about and how you're requesting the information. Uh, so there's there's a lot to be learned about that. So those are the six wayfinding skills. The last combination skill that's important for everybody these days is understanding and using everyday wayfinding technology. So that involves GPS and apps for uh, smartphones and tablets, uh, as well as websites and mapping services. So all of those together. Um, And no single one of those is the answer. The idea is that depending on the situation, one uh, will work better than another. If, If one fails you for some reason, it's good to be able to rely on another one. And that's why you don't want to just 
use GPS and not know anything else because sometimes you might need a map or directions or signs for a ba- as a backup. That's good. Good advice. Do kids and teens need to know how to navigate? Oh, they sure do. Um, kids need to navigate. In fact, I think the best time to learn how to navigate is when you're a kid, and, and that's something that parents can really do that's helpful for their children, depending on what age they are and what they can do. But uh, it's almost never too early to learn how things are related, to learn how to read a simple map, to understand where you are on the map, to be able to predict what are we going to pass next, that kind of thing. But the but the group of kids that comes to mind most um, vividly are teenagers who are learning to drive because they need to navigate, they need to know how to find their way around in addition to learning all the things about safe driving. And this is something that feels new to many teenagers, although they've ridden probably the same territories that they're driving, they've been passengers and they probably have not been paying attention. So this is part of um, a good program or a good parental uh, good parental instruction in teaching kids how to drive do people have mo- do people have more trouble finding their way around as they get older yes they do um, changes as as you get older there are changes in vision in hearing and mobility and memory and all of those things are what you use to navigate, and so as it becomes more difficult to see, hear, move, and remember, it's going to be harder to navigate. The other thing that's difficult when you get older is change, and that's changed places that you once knew, and you once knew really well, uh, and then they go through renovations, they may uh, be torn down and replaced, whatever it is, it's, it's more disturbing and more disorienting to have a change in a place that you once knew than it is to go to a brand new place because you expect that you're going to know your way around this familiar place and when you don't it's it's very disturbing another reason it's difficult for some older people to navigate is a technology gap um, between the you know the younger kids kids of all ages now are using technology and older people use it um, less often so that's that's another uh, reason why it can be difficult. And the last reason is that some people, often women, uh, were never taught, never expected to know how to navigate, and if they were married, tended to rely on their husbands to do the navigating. And what happens to a lot of women when they become older is they become widowed, and the person who did all the navigating is no longer there to do it. And so all of a sudden they're expected to know how to do this um, skill that they never had learned before. So it becomes, it, it's, it's difficult and it's new and it's intimidating. So it's, this is something that's really important uh, for older people to learn if they never learned it. Well, your b- book sounds fabulous. We've only got a couple of minutes. How can people get your book and how can they learn more about you? Our book, Directional Sense, How to Find Your Way Around, is available on Amazon.com, and it's available on our book website, DirectionalSense.com. And that's S-E-N-S-E, right? Correct, correct. On our book website, there's also a blog. There are uh, places for people to write in questions, and we will be happy to answer them, and places for people to write in their wayfinding or getting lost stories and anecdotes, and we would be happy to to share those. 
We also have a Facebook page uh, called Directional Sense, um, and people can find me at uh, jcarpman at wayfinding.com. I'm Spell your available. last name. It's C-A-R-P, like Peter, M-A-N, at wayfinding.com. And I am available for speaking engagements and coaching um, and anything having to do with wayfinding, navigation, and directional sense. I think this is great. The book is very fabulous, and um, this, I, I love the idea of taking, you gave me a great idea of taking a picture with my cell phone, so I will never lose my car again. Oh, terrific. That's wonderful. Anyway, Jen, it was wonderful having you on the show today, and again, the name of the book is called Direct- Directional Sense, How to Find Your Way Around by Janet Carpman and Myron Grant. And the website, again, is www.directionalsense.com. And the other website is www.wayfinding.com. And Jen's email is jcarpman, C-A-R-P-M-A-N, at wayfinding.com. Jen, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Robbie. I really appreciate the opportunity. And tune in next week for another great episode of Diva Strategies for Success. Bye now.